Hello, hello, and welcome to another very special episode of Sweet 12 Podcast. Brian and Ryan are back for yet another episode. I hope you are as well. Yes. We switched uh, roles this week. Um, I, in the last couple of episodes, have been playing the, the role of sick person. You have? And I've been coughing and hacking the last oh, couple weeks like... we've done this, and now you're going to be coughing and hacking. And... <laughs> yeah, this is this is our first dry podcast, I think, in a while. I'm actually I'm actually drinking tea. No Ooh. no phone whiskey or beer for me today. It's all right. It's, uh, it's fitting that you're drinking tea instead of whiskey while we talk about our favorite... Uh... <laughs> oh, whiskey is grandpa's cough medicine. It, it, it is, and... Apparently, you're supposed to rub it on your children's teeth when they're yes, teething. Yes, that's another old never, t- timey I never, trick. I never did that with my children. I feel like I would have been uh, arrested slightly, for that. slightly arrested and, and or murdered by other members of the family for doing <laughs> that. And I don't keep whiskey in the house, so that would have first had to go buy it. And It'd even be more difficult for you then. Yeah. What's the whiskey doing in the house? Uh, <laughs> run. 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 So, chase it. Chase it. <clears throat> so... We're going to change the format up again. We've been kind of tinkering with... I know all of our longtime listeners are going to be really upset with all the changes that we've, we've been making. We're, we're going to tinker a little bit. Um, I think it's becoming increasingly harder now that the award season is over and the movie season isn't really ramping up. And we, sem- we seemed to be doing only comic book yes, news. Yes, that was the thing I was noticing is that every single time... And it's not that comic book news is bad. It's fun. A lot of it is speculation right away. Correct. So we're going to kind of scrap the news section. We're going to make this podcast now pretty much the list that makes it easier and accessible for all people, uh, new and old. So if you want to go ahead and just listen to the list, you can. You don't have to... Um, you don't have to... Fast forward 20 minutes, 30 minutes or so, you can get right into the list. But do not fret. We're not going to just go right into the list. We will. We if, we, some... if, we, if we come up with anything or we find anything special, it'll always be... Uh, little tidbits of what, you know, maybe news is in our life. Little, yeah. A little jibber-jabber to begin the podcast. Kind of warm up. Warm up the old vocal cords. Exactly. You know, red leather, red leather, yellow leather, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, well, just, it's just 20 minutes of us U- doing that. Unique New York. <laughs> unique New York. God, I can't even do it right wow, the first time. you can't. No. Maybe, I'm not, maybe I'm not yeah. done being sick yet. Maybe. Ooh, it's, it's warm in here. I'm going to take off my shirt if you hear that. Mm. Yeah, go ahead. I'm uh, going to let you roasty, do that. It's roasty, Yeah. So, oh, I got the brewer tickets in. Oh, good. For the Luke Roy game. Yeah. Luke. Oh, so, hopefully, because only, they're only giving away 4,000 bobbleheads. So yeah, can. but they only sold 4,000 tickets. You had to buy the oh. special ticket packages for those. Okay. I'm pretty sure. That, that wasn't sold out yet. I Well, I don't know if it's sold out or not, but the when we... When, when I bought the ticket, when they were going on pre-sale, you can only buy them in specific areas. Okay. So I think only those tickets are getting the bobbleheads. I mean, either way, we'll st- we can still get in early, but yeah. okay. um, that's why we had to buy the tickets early. And then seats, the other ones are... Seats aren't that important to me as, as much. I mean, it is now, especially that I have a little bit more disposable income. I'm a little bit more picky about my seats, well, but uh, not I, 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 want, I want the bobblehead, yeah. the, the Jedi Knight well, Luke we'll, bobblehead. We'll move in the third or fourth inning if mm-hmm. there's open spaces. Otherwise, the game, yeah. the game, the other May game, we're, you know... Yeah, May 7th, back. I'm ready to go for that. It that's going to be a blast. The, uh, if if this were, I'm going to show a diagram that you can't see. If this were the, <laughs> if, if this were the dugout and we were sitting here, yeah, like right here. Like Are we right first here. base side? Yeah, or third base. First base side. Ooh, that's nice. So we're not in the sun. See, so. isn't it nice buying tickets early? You can just kind of have your own pick. Oh, we're not yeah. in the sun. Well, it was you thought of everything. It was tough because I originally had saw those tickets and I was waiting to hear back from you if those were okay to get. And then I, know, I, was I working out. that's fine. And then I canceled. 
the order and tried to reorder them. And then it pushed me over to the third base side. I'm like, I don't want third base side. So I spent like five, ten minutes trying to get back to the first base side. And you can't, you know, you can't pick. They just kind of do it for you. Right. So I went out of my phone and did it. Oh, nice. And, and got back to first base side. The exact same tickets. So nobody had purchased them. Rock on. So. Way to go. Yeah, two Brewer games in May. Woo. Yeah, it's going to be gonna be a nice fun May. Um, Otherwise, I don't think there's much over the weekend. Um, uh, Saving I, Silverman was on. Saving Silverman was on. That was good. It's a... That's not a great movie, but it'll make a list of ours in the future for something within the movie. Oh, it has to be. <laughs> um, and that well, I think Saving Silverman was a it was a it was a quality movie. It, it wasn't you know again it's not an award winning movie, but it's got quotable lines. It has a fun cast mm-hmm. and it has a fun premise. Mm-hmm. And and you and it just it was just a fun movie to watch. Yeah. and that's and that's really it was what I'm looking for for movies. Yeah, I, I don't know what was up with TBS, but they kind of had a string of classic movies I, I call them classic because they were 2000s ish but they, sure. did, they had not another teen movie then saving silverman and then old school and then road trip then anchorman oh wow it was a pretty pretty solid pretty solid block pretty solid movies. saturday nice and so when the kids were napping i watched that but no otherwise there hasn't been much in the news um I do want to talk about uh, Peaky Blinders, which I got into uh, last Netflix? week. Not Netflix. I um, haven't. I'm, still on, haven't I'm on episode it. three right now, and it seems pretty cool. It's uh, I got. I can never remember seeing it. Cillian, Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy. I always want to yeah. say Chillian Murphy. That's that no can't H. be right. Yeah, There's no H. Could so be Killian. Yeah, but... yeah. Cillian Murphy and Sam Neill are in it, and uh, Cillian Murphy plays uh, this mobster in post World War One uh, England. Okay. And. Sam Neill is like this head uh, detective guy who's trying to take down, you know, the organized crime. And I'm on episode three right now, and I do have to say the acting is superb, as Netflix always has. Mm-hmm. And the story is very, um, it, what's the, it? Just kind of grabs you. You re- get really interested into it. So it's it's a very well written story. And the the music, which I noticed right off the bat, they play more modern time rock slash rockabilly type okay. music in between the cuts of the scenes. So when the scene one scene's done and they're kind of warming up, they do kind of a little clip, clip, clip of what the character is doing to, you know, kind of warm you up for the next scene. And in between they play this really great music, which is the first thing that stood out to me right away was, was how good this music was and got me really interested in the show. Cause the music doesn't fit the era, but it fits the show. Okay. If that makes sense. A little bit. You know, it's not music from the era, but, mm-hmm. you know, you could definitely put that music, you know, into the show. and It fits perfectly. Hmm. So. So it's not a... And Tom Hardy is in season two. Oh, spoilers. Well, I'm not telling you what his character is. It's not really a spoiler if it's a casting call. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and season... It's not, it's not Tom Hardy playing Bane. There's yeah. a spoiler. <laughs> what a horrible Batman. But apparently it's a BBC Two show that Netflix has rights to show. Yeah, it's it's great. I love it, and I I can't wait to watch uh, the next the next they episode. Have season three is commissioned, so nice. There will be a third season. Get at least the third season. That's great. A third series, as they call it in Britain. In Britain, yeah. Um, speaking of speaking of Netflix and TV shows, I binged House of Cards season three Woo, over the weekend. Go? Very well. I just wish that it wasn't over. Mm. Um. I know you haven't watched really much of season one or two, or any of two. First, yeah, I haven't watched any of two. I watched probably the first half, Um, or the first three fourths of. It's a completely different type of. I mean, I shouldn't say it's completely a different type of show, but the tone is a lot different Mm. in season three, which is good. It needed to kind of go into a different direction. Yeah, refreshing change of pace. Yeah, Um, so it'll be cool to see where they go with season four because I think four is potentially the last. Yeah, there was a shower thoughts on Reddit. 
and it said, in House of Cards, there are 52 cards in a deck. And there's mm-hmm. 13 episodes in each season, so therefore there's going to be four yeah. seasons of House of I Cards. I think they've talked about that as well. But, no, it's it's a definitely... It's definitely worth watching if you don't have 39 hours to binge. <laughs> uh, take it slow, but it, it is one of those, like you said, with Peaky Blinders, that every episode you have to continue watching to the yeah. next one because yeah. it's just captivating. It's, it is. It, and, and Peaky... it mesmerizes you, and there's there's always just a little nugget of uh, that the show ends on, and you just you have to grab it. What happened? i got to see it right. again. i got to right. see it again. And, and of course... Season three of House of Cards ends on a big cliffhanger, and you're like, sure. "Fuck, I want to see the rest <laughs> of it." And there's no season four, right? And and so I have to wait, and I don't really like waiting. Yeah. So I'm, I'll probably binge that's the problem the with binging. I mean, it's great because you get I can see all of the episodes right mm-hmm. now, but when you get caught up, then you're kind of screwed because like, well, what now? What the hell do yeah. I do? Yeah, binging binging shows that are currently on and still airing is fine. It's, it's great. It's tough because you do catch up. But like shows like Scrubs or, um, like Friends, you know, sure. the whole series is available, so you can binge it, and there is closure at the end. There's not, you right. know, you're not really clamoring for more because there have been so many episodes. Right. But when a show is still on air, like House of Cards, when there's 39, or like when the newsroom was on and there was like 20 episodes oh, for man. three seasons, yeah, it's you needed like... more newsroom, and if that ended, and that was sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the good shows, man, they're they're dying. Dying out, which is a lie, because no, we're still having fantastic shows. They're not dying out. They're just no. being replaced with other good shows. Let's hope so. All right. It's a golden era for list TV. List time? So. We could do list. List time. Um, All right. I think we kind of introduced it. We said last week we were probably going to do a three-part uh, trilogy podcast yeah. sort of vibe, and we're going to do it here, um, with part two being uh, Pixar movies. Um, I've been saying on the podcast, I think for the last two weeks, that there's... 12 Pixar movies, and that's true, there are 12, but you need to also add... <laughs> but there's also 14 There Pixar is also movies. 14 <laughs> Pixar movies. So we will do 12. We will do 12 of 14. Which two aren't going to make the list? Ooh, you'll have to wait, because that makes it even more intriguing. Exactly. Because now... Will your favorite Pixar movie make the list? I'm hoping. Probably. Because nobody's favorite should be the ones that we don't have on the list. That is, yeah. Our, we are the final authority... That's right. ...on Pixar movies. Yeah. I own 11... Of the 12 on the list. Nice. In some form or another. I think I have more than half on Blu-ray because the kids uh, like to watch them. So I just am upgrading constantly with those. But the list kind of, like like any other list we had, uh, this one we did a little bit more... Uh, we did this a little bit more capital... Or not capital, dem- democratically. Yes. We, we voted... And we tallied up the votes and gave averages, and the list is what you get. Yeah, uh, we had... the There's some movies that I think should be a little high, a little lower. I'm sure Ryan feels the same way, but overall, it's a, it's going to be a pretty good list. Yeah. Um, technically, we'll get to it when we get there, um, but we did have some ties. I just kind of put it in order of, uh, I guess, it wouldn't have been average whichever one we had higher like sure. if i had a one and you had a three i put it you know, at, at a, at a two. i put it at two or right if, if i had a two and you had a six but it ended up it ended up tying with something that was like a four and a five i put it at the the higher spot yeah that was available because it was a higher overall. yeah yeah i got you so that makes sense so i mean right. they all average out quite equally but uh we'll get we'll get started right away i'll go ahead and do number 12 since yeah, i because you liked it so much i i kind of have a soft spot for it and as much as i 
as much as I don't watch the movie that often anymore, it is something that is still very uh, prevalent within the Pixar universe and in, and in stores. Uh, number 12 is Cars, the original from 2006. Uh, that movie, despite not being on Brian's list, I did convince him to make it at number 12. The reason it's at 12 is because, for me, it is still a movie that is rewatchable very seldomly. <laughs> uh, the The characters are memorable, recognizable. They did get a lot of great voices to play some of the characters. Uh, Luke Wilson and Paul Newman. Uh, Larry's a cable guy who, you know, he's a great Cheech Marin. Voice. Cheech Marin. Jim Rome had a spot in the sh- in the because he was the agent. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, John Ratzenberger, of course, played the truck because he's in every movie. Ooh, then we next list we could do twelve best John Ratzenberger voiceovers for Pixar movies. We could. I think that that best would characters. be. I think that would be a little tough to do. I, we could probably do it. I think. Shut up. We'll just do it on his birthday. He has a birthday. Everybody has a birthday. <laughs> That's not true. Yes, it is. That's your, even if you're like some spawn hell demon, you have a birthday. I suppose yeah, you, you have a growth. Well, no, that's not true Happy because growth scraping yes, day. Yes, he doesn't have a birthday. <laughs> Technically, you weren't born, so no, you so don't no. have a birthday. But we could Happy Growth Scraping Day, <laughs> Jolly Growth Scraping Day to us all. So, but Cars, uh, aside from being a, a, an okay movie about really about a, a race car who gets lost on his way to the next big race and kind of coming to terms with it being okay to slow down and and, and, and smell the roses yeah, to, to slow down your life and, and, and be thankful for things that you have and not that you need to always have everything uh quick and, and, and expensive and he falls in love and he helps radiator springs kind of from getting paved over to be a new highway uh i think i think a lot of it is kind of tied in as well with with the characters uh we talked a little bit off mic about the marketability of it uh which is not an indicative of uh, of the movie's quality but it is still a very high selling item for the disney and pixar and mattel whoever whoever makes the toys but you can still buy the cars now the original cars and my kids who've never seen the movie know the car characters they know Lightning McQueen and Tow Mater and and Doc and, and they've never seen the movie but they've they've heard the names and they can recognize them and something about cars with eyes just kind of is appealing a little bit. Well, kids love cars. Kids love cars, so I mean it was definitely geared towards a younger audience. So I know it definitely at the t- wasn't geared toward me. I know at the time when it came out, my nephew was three, and he of course fell in love with it, and it was pretty much on repeat for a year a year straight uh, so i did get sick of it but i do appreciate the the story that it tells i appreciate the the animation they did a really good job with the the the, the physics of the tires and the ground and tracks remaining and i mean if there's one thing that pixar i mean we're not going to talk about that for every single one because the the, the computer graphics are always going to be top notch for the time that it was right they don't uh, mess around so to speak so Cars makes the list uh, mostly because Cars 2 sucks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and 
we have 12 movies yeah. so it makes it makes the list at 12 it's not default default yes, the two default. greatest words in the yeah. english language i i didn't like it i'm just going to say because it just it was too much of a classic fish out of water story fish you out know, of water where he had things that he just needed to learn mm-hmm. and blah 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 i just was like i just i didn't i didn't care for it you know mm-hmm. uh, not to say that it was a bad movie i get i understand its appeal Mm-hmm. It just didn't belong on my list, but Ryan liked it. He fought for it. I understand I completely. Did. Because the other one that we had, I really, I talked him out yes. of it. Yeah, and that's fine. That's what this list is all about. So he got cars and Toy Story 2. Uh, didn't make the list. Didn't he? Gets the chop. No Jesse. Well, that's not true, but no Jesse-centric story. Yeah. So, all right. We, um, moving on to number 11. Number 11 comes out at a time when prequel sequels were huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, both in the movie and video game industry. Yeah, I was a little, I guess, upset when I heard that this is going to be made into a prequel, uh, Monsters University, uh, from from the original Monsters Inc. I thought Monsters Inc. was brilliant. I, I thought that, you know, how how can you capitalize on something like that? However, you know, there is Toy Story two, and I like Toy Story two, and I was like, okay, maybe they'll just have better luck with Monsters University, and they'll be okay and it won't be so bad and i saw it and yeah okay i can live with it it wasn't the best movie out there definitely wasn't better than the first no but i I, I enjoy the story it wasn't it wasn't exactly an original story but it was made by pixar so it's a fun story you know mm -hmm. it's at least entertaining at least it's fun that's what i said at the beginning of the podcast that's what i look for in my movies is a fun entertaining story you know regardless of how many you know barriers it breaks down with its amazing yeah. you know whatever and it didn't really break barriers as far as animation goes i mean it was it was great animation sure as always uh the story was was serviceable it was better than i mean it told a better story than cars at least more relatable to a to a i guess an older money uh an, an older ticket paying audience right because they were um you know they're going off to college it's where mike and mm-hmm. sully meet for the first time and kind of the whole fraternity picture and kind of their dynamic and how it grows. I think it did a very poor job, though, of explaining the dynamic from the first movie. Because it's completely different. How they're best friends? Yeah, like in the first movie, they're really like, great friends. Like, they've been friends forever. Mm-hmm. This movie, you know, kind of retcons that. and says, sure. well, they weren't friends all, all along. They hated each other in right. college until... They realized that they needed each other in order to be successful. That's a friendship out of necessity, not a friendship out of pure friendship. Right. You know, oh, I know everything about scaring. You actually can scare people. Let's work together and do that. And and that they worked their way up in Monsters, Inc. They started as like janitorial and then got to the scare. That's completely yeah. different than what the, like, what the original Monsters University plot was. It basically, it's kind of... It's kind of mentioned, and I, I guess because they got thrown out of, spoiler, it's two years old, they get thrown out of school, they right. have to kind of work their way up. Right. But they talk about how, you know, only the people who go to, you know, Monsters University and can go to the scare floor. But they didn't go to the scare floor. They started in janitorial and clerical and then finally got to the scare floor. Right. And it kind of shatters that illusion of of them being one of the tops right away. Right. So I, I think that I think that the, the retelling of the story... It hurt... The original, I think, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it hurt the credibility of the original story insofar as Mike and Sully weren't always great friends. They weren't, you know... Mike in the original one was striving for mediocrity, essentially. He was happy to be on the commercial even behind the logo. Right. He would have never stood for that in college. Right. The way that he was 
had to be the best at everything. Sure. You know, he would have freaked out about that. Right. So they have this really interesting, fun relationship in the first movie. And in the second movie, it, it's completely different. Yes, it is. So, and maybe that's why I didn't like it as much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I get, you know, you know why, why they did the university stuff. But I feel they could have, you know, filled in the gaps a little bit oh, better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, than than what you know was ended up. But. I understand that you need to have, uh, like a meet cute for a lack of a better term between right. S- Mike and and Sully, but they could have done that in middle school or high school. Sure, you know, they could have had a little bit more of a journey than just your first semester, or first two semesters of college. Yeah, it really kind of ended after that. Because mm-hmm. then, that's when that's when they get kicked out, and then it shows right. the papers. Yeah, and, and then uh, just kind of shows how they got to where they needed mm-hmm. to be. And honestly, they could have made that another movie. Yeah. That might have been more enjoyable. Could have been. They're just working their way up to the scare floor. Right. But I, I think I think that there's a lot more that could have happened or they could have tweaked it a little bit. Again, I th- this was a period where Pixar and Disney didn't really have original ideas for a while. They were doing a lot of sequels. They were doing Cars 2 and Toy Story 3 and Monsters University. Uh, Brave was mixed in there. I mean, that was an original one, but they were announcing all the sequels. They were doing, right. they announced the, this was where they talked about how there was pre-production for Finding Nemo 2, which is now coming out next year. Toy Story 4 is coming yep. out in two years. And I there's mean, always little rumors about Incredibles 2. Yeah, I wish that they would do one of those, but we'll get to that later. Um, or, or will we? We might. <laughs> we already talked about how Cars 2 is not on the list, so yeah, if know. it leaves you one movie, which you'll never know. We already said Toy Story 2. Ah, damn it, you're right. <laughs> All right, so now you just get to figure out where we put them. Exactly. So, um, number 10. Number 10. Number 10. A Bug's Life. Fun little movie. Not Ants. This was uh, their, this was Pixar's second movie. Yes. Full-length feature film. I thought it was a nice, refreshing little take. It's, you know, the world of bugs. Everybody likes bugs. Bugs, bugs, bugs. Bugs are fun. Bugs are neat. And this kind of uh, worked a little bit with kind of what we talked about last uh, week. Is that you know they're using you know what they could do with all like the little leaves and the sticks and the twigs and they build mm-hmm. all these fun little contraptions and one of you know ho- what not Hopper but the Flick you know he's kind of like the inventor yeah. of the group mm-hmm. you know and so he he tries to revolutionize you know how to harvest grain and you know things of that nature so you got to kind of see him have fun with his little inventions and with his uh, little uh, you know his little machines he's yeah he's he's about making their society function faster. Right. Because it's an ant colony. Right. So they It's all about efficiency. And this is a really weird ant colony because they're actually collecting things for the crickets. Grasshoppers. Grasshoppers, sorry. And so he just wants to make it more efficient so they can keep some for themselves because the, the grasshoppers are going to take it all. Right. And Kevin Spacey plays the head grasshopper, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And Dennis Leary plays the, the ladybug. Yes. Yes, he does. It's got a pretty... Again, Disney doesn't mess around when it comes to voice acting julie yeah. louis dreyfus yeah, was they, in it they do a really she was great the, casting job yeah i think julie louis was the lead female oh yeah yeah the princess yeah and then the little girl was hayden pentier before she was a cheerleader uh, okay um, i'm trying to remember who flick was dave dave foley yeah i think so no oh, okay yeah that makes a look we could look it up i probably could yeah but it it was it a it was a nice little story. I liked what they did, you know, when they brought in the circus, you know, the, the traveling flea circus, yep. and I liked that everybody had their own little talent, you know, that could kind of help the group to fight off, you know, the grasshoppers. Yeah. It 
It, 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 I mean, it's based off of an Aesop's fable, mm-hmm. The Ant and the Grasshopper. Mm-hmm. So it's very similar to that. And in true Disney fashion, they'll take other people's works and and turn them into their own. Their own, yeah. yeah. So, but it, it, you'll you'll hear a common theme with us too. Uh, Randy Newman pretty much does all the the score for all these movies too. Not all of them. Most of them. Most of them are Randy Newman. Hmm. Like all the Toy Stories. Well, all the Toy Stories. Uh, uh, Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc. was Randy Newman. Monsters University was Randy Newman. Cars was Randy Newman. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, you know, there's a very few of them on here that aren't Randy Newman. But I mean, that's not a bad thing. He's he he does a very good job. But I mean, I think I think with with a bug's life is it does tell a a, a tale for kids. Uh, I mean, they can relate to this wanting to be different and and wanting to show that they can do something that they're told they can't do. So it is a it is a fairly it's a fairly old movie. I mean, it's it's their second one, like we talked about from '98, but. And it is it is a little jarring to go back and watch it after seeing some of these newer movies with their computer graphics, but yeah, some it, of them don't hold up well. I mean, it holds up. It holds up well. It's just it's fun to watch the things that you didn't notice when you were a kid because we didn't we didn't know we could do better, like walking on the ground and stuff. There was mm-hmm. no like footprints. I mean, they were walking, but there was no footprints. There was no uh, there. There was very little uh, like interaction with 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 a lot of the the surroundings you know obviously they don't have hair so that's fine you don't need to to, to do anything with that but uh you know this is one of this was john lassiter's you know when he was first starting out with pixar mm-hmm. you know he, yeah now he's a legend yeah I mean, he directed the first i think three movies toy story both toy stories and bugs life and then he started going behind the scenes a bit and came back for cars so, but yeah, he's 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 the head now over at Disney Animation for all Disney Animation. So, and uh, well deserved. Yes, very well deserved. Um, let's move on to nine. Uh, we both had we actually both had this one at nine, so that's why it's fitting that it's at number nine. Yeah, very much so. Um, it's brave. Brave. I was very brave. excited to see this movie in the theaters. It had a lot of hype around it, or at least I bought into the hype. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know which 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 is I think, correct. I think the hype was it was the first lead female. In a Pixar, in a Pixar movie, yeah. And yeah. For, for you know, I even like saw the interviews with like the people from Pixar on like the Today Show or whatever the hell it was when mm-hmm. I was watching it, and they said that they even had to they had to create a new computer software program specifically for the girl's hair mm-hmm. because it was just this crazy web of snarls. Is yeah. basically you know, this untamed hair. You know, which fit because the girl was, you know, untamed. She didn't want to be a proper princess. She just wanted to run <laughs> so, around and so it's you know, fitting ride that her they horse. Make a... You know, so kind of, you know, fit her personality where she just didn't care. She didn't want to be the the proper princess. So I was really intrigued. It's like, oh wow, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. And look, it looked gorgeous. You know, when I saw it in the theaters, and and I left wanting more. Sadly, it, it didn't. Mm-hmm. It could have been so much higher on this list, but uh, for some reason, it did, the story just didn't. It didn't grab me as much as the other movies did, and I, I loved that they had. She had her three, you know, twin brothers or tri- three twin brothers, three triplet brothers. Yeah, and, and they were they were they were like the comic relief, but they weren't in enough. You know, I think they could have done more with. It, them. it was a story about the mother and and her though. Yes. it was it was really she was the defiant princess, and the mother wanted her to kind of know her role essentially. <laughs> know right. your role, yeah. shut your mouth. Yeah, exactly. As the Rock would say. Yeah, but. I mean, I I really enjoy, I enjoyed the movie. I think the 
I think the turning into the to the bear was kind of yeah weird. I think they could have. Yeah. I mean, I know again it's based off of an old probably an old Scottish folk tale, right? Um, but probably called the Princess and the Bear. I could probably look real quick. Yeah. Um, fun little tidbit about this movie though the 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 patterns that they used for all the different... more fun than my computer animation yeah. tidbit. Okay, it's, go ahead. actually it's just as fun I would think. Ooh. Um. So Pixar created three original tartan patterns for the film. So the you know the kilts they had their ah, pattern. Yes. They created original patterns oh. for three of them. Registered them with the Scottish Register of Tartans. Huh. And they also did one for Scrooge McDuck in Ducktales. Wow. In the in the forties. That's cool. So, yeah. So they actually have so the Scot so in Scotland's Register of Tartans, these are official patterns that nobody else, no other clans can use in scotland mm-hmm. because they, they they registered them for the movie right that's really cool i think that, that that that's going above and beyond and making it so i mean obviously it's making it so nobody can copy the work that you did but the fact that that they that they were so true to how you would be in scotland is, is really really awesome yeah that is really cool leave it leave it to pixar to make their own pattern and file it away yeah i bet they just did that just for fun like, did you know you could do that? No, I didn't know you could do that. And they just went to see if they could actually get it registered. <laughs> That's my guess. Well, I don't know. It looks like, I mean, they did it in the 40s, so they knew they could do it because they did it with Scrooge. Right. So I think they just continued on with that. Um, the registration was celebrated at the film's British premiere in Edinburgh, uh, where Scottish First Minister Alex Salmon presented a certificate to director Mark Andrews. Um, it was criticized by one person. As shallow and irreverent. So, he's just a party pooper. Yeah, he is. Pixar took his, con, took historical consideration, stating that there was a concerted effort to use hues that were indic, indicative of the less saturated dyeing techniques used during the ancient period. So, I mean, they they do their research. I was watching, this isn't Pixar, but I was watching Big Hero 6 special features over the weekend. And they talked about how... For three months straight, they flew the animators out to San Francisco so they could take pictures and draw mm. what San Francisco would San Fran, look. Tokyo, yeah. Uh, and then they actually, speaking of developing uh, new engines, they developed a brand new engine specifically for Baymax hmm. because they wanted to get that you know realistic. Sure. Because that is something they didn't want to be too far uh, too far out with the tech, mm-hmm. but they wanted to be. Because the original Big Hero 6, which is a Marvel comic, of course, we're going to talk about comic books at least once in this podcast, yeah. right? So in the original Big Hero 6, Baymax was a monster, okay? And he wasn't obviously taking care of people. He was just a monster created by Tanaka. Um, but in the, in the movie, of course, he's a, he's a healthcare robot. They wanted to make it kind of cute and cuddly for people to understand, but they didn't want to do something that wasn't tech that was already present. And so they went to, to Japan and they saw that there were robots being made that had uh, that that kind of synthetic uh, material that the Baymax characters made out of for like limbs, for, for robotic limbs for people. So they actually have that available oh, that right now. The carbon fiber. No, the, the, the oh, carbon fiber is on the inside, but the vinyl, okay. yeah, they have gotcha. that right now. So gotcha. they, they wanted to make sure that it was at least something that was plausible to have in the future. And I mean, they, they really kind of go above and beyond for everything that they do. They spend years making these movies people don't you know they they churn one out one a year but the production crews that they have for it have been doing it for three years four years five years i mean conception is is much a lot of it the pre-production of it 
Yeah, Charlie. Pre-production. Yeah. yeah, thanks for ruining everything. You're not ruining anything. <laughs> She's fine. Yeah. But yeah, we could talk about Brave because it was one of the more technically advanced movies with the hair and, and everything. And they, they used that technology for Monsters University, too, because of the fur with, with, Sully. Uh, with Sully. Yeah. So, but we'll move on to number eight, which Brian had much higher than eight, but I Ugh, had lower than it's eight. It's such a good movie. It's not that good. Yes, it is. Okay, you explain to me why it's not a good movie. And I'll, I didn't explain, say, to you, I didn't and I'll say, explain to you why it I is. I didn't say it wasn't a good okay, movie. Okay, you just say it's it not, not that, that good. good. I gotcha, I gotcha. Because it's definitely better than Cars 2. Well, of course it is. That's why it's on the list. <laughs> and it's better than Brave because it's where it is. Well, yeah, it's, it's better, better than, Brave. than Brave. On average, it's better than Brave. I think it's better than Brave. Fine, you can think it's better than Brave. It is. Okay, what did you not like about it? Um, I didn't like, I didn't like the Dory character. I did not like Ellen DeGeneres' Dory character. What? I didn't. I didn't. I found it very annoying. I found her to be a little, just a little too much for me. Uh, I think the story, I think the story of Marlon's adventure could have been told a lot better. I understand that he's having to have these trials to become a better father but because you know because he's the worry wart father mm-hmm. i feel like they could have been done a little bit better it, it just didn't click with me for the most part um the whole kind of literally fish out of water in a you no know, fish tank mm-hmm. at, a, at a doctor's office in australia or wherever he was dentist dentist office i don't know i I found i just i found it hard to to connect with it it's a good movie but i it's not you've never been lost in the grocery store for like five minutes that's what this movie is but for fish i've never been lost in the grocery store (laughs) for real for real no i i I loved the dory character and then that's one of the highlights it's she's again she's a comic relief she's the you know you know, uh, the Marlin character is the straight man, and then you have the Dory, which is the, you know, is uh, Albert and Costello. It's the odd you know? couple. It is the odd couple, and that's, that, you know, that, that's a tried and mm-hmm. true formula. It's been fantastic. And the whole thing where he has to find his son, this overprotective father who won't let his son go past the anemone out under the reef. He has to go to school every day, and that's it. And he, he wouldn't even let him go to school. I think that was it. He was so protective of him because of what happened in the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie. Yeah. And you get... Let's talk about that. That's pretty gruesome for a start yeah. of a kid's movie. Yeah. Well... We'll talk about that later too with number two. Yeah, but that's not babies dying. But okay, I see your babies point. and mom dying. In uh, yeah, that's, in in uh, that's pretty Finding Nemo. That's that's pretty uh, it's pretty messed up. No. For, for well, yeah, it's movie. messed up, but it sets the tone. It's it lets people know that hey, this this dad is this way because of what happened. So mm-hmm. I was I was happy with it. I I think, and I think it's it's great that. When they wanted to name the babies, this this half Marlon Jr., this half Coral Jr., because they had, you know, a million eggs. And mm-hmm. then she goes, I like Nemo. I was like, okay, well, we'll name one Nemo, but I'm not learning that many names. Mm-hmm. And that's what he ends up naming the one egg that's left over is Nemo from his dead do you wife. Just, do you just like that movie because of Albert Brooks? Do you just like well, it? Well, I like Albert Brooks too, but no, <laughs> the, story's, the story's great. See, the, the part that... Because you could see... The part that you didn't like about it is the part that I liked about it, is the story of how Marlon has to go find... Nemo, and then when when the pelican's like, yeah, there's uh, there's some fish looking for you. Your dad, and he's like, my dad's looking for me. That nah, can't be my dad. And he names is Marlin. Yes, yes, that's his name. That's my dad. He's looking for me. He couldn't believe it. So it, it shows that you know 
this this kid, this little Nemo, is so excited that his dad is is out to look for him, and he has to do everything that he can to help escape, so he can go back and find his dad. Because he at that point he had just given up, you know, escaping the fish tank in the dentist's office, and that's shark bait. Yeah, yeah, exactly, shark bait. Hoo ha ha. So for for me, what you didn't like about it is what I loved about the movie. I thought it was a fantastic story, and again. Well, not again. This is the first time, but just well, I guess again the, the the computer animation, but just the underwater. You know, we don't have an underwater world now. Finding Nemo puts Pixar underwater, and I think it's fantastic. It looked, it looked great. You want to do a list of John Ratzenberger characters? We could totally do Brad Garrett characters too. He's in that many Pixar movies. I think he's in at least three. Well, okay, three. Uh, let's find out. But anyway, he was in Bugs Life, Finding Nemo, uh-huh. Ratatouille. Uh-huh. And he was in the TV show Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Okay, well, he needs so four. He needs eight more. Well, technically he needs... Technically he needs nine more. Yeah, ten more. Because he's only in a TV show. So, all right, that's fine. Um, Number seven? We can go to number seven. Yeah, all right, number seven, Monsters, Inc. He's finishing up the Monster Series. Yes, the Monster Series. Starting off the Monster this the Series. Last, this will be the last we're talking about it for this show. Until they do Monsters, Inc. 3, which is supposed to be 20 to 21 or whatever. Oh, what is that going to be? I don't know. That's not... It's not confirmed. Monsters, Monsters Kindergarten? No, it'll probably... go back even further. <laughs> Monsters, It'd have Monsters to be after Assisted it. Living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Like what are they? What are They're they scaring get... senior citizens' homes now. Yeah. I don't know. They're gonna. Oh, that's gonna be really interesting to see what they do. But anyway, if that even happens. But Monsters Inc. The original. What a what a great refreshing story. Mm-hmm. You know, where you have monsters who scare people, but it goes behind why do they scare us? Mm-hmm. Well, they scare us because our screams help power their city. Okay, whatever science behind that, you want you know aside scream technology. Yeah, scream technology aside. Well, sound uh, I think it's a great. It's, you can use sound waves. You can use to power something. Well, sure. like we use sonar. I mean, to to find things in the ocean. So they're just they're just harnessing the wave power. Right, right. Maybe I don't, don't know. question it. But anyway, uh, a great refreshing little um, it's a unique little story. story. It's saying amazing. saying that uh, humans are toxic and you can't touch humans. So mm-hmm. there's a, a funny funny scene where they. You know, where one of the humans gets into Monster World and they don't want to touch her, so mm-hmm. they like put her in a bag and they're you know carrying her with oven mitts on, so they don't touch mm-hmm. her and get you know they don't get the uh, what's the yellow suited people coming in hazmat hazmat the mm-hmm. hazmat people coming in and and you know shaving them and you know getting their hair off and putting them in a in a bath to to sanitize them. So uh, the the movie was filled with great little quick comedic scenes with you know when that happens when something yeah. gets contaminated. Yeah, and like that, and then you have fun little scenes uh, with the kid, and it's <laughs> yeah, <coughs> but yeah, it's. I let Brian cough there oh, so he doesn't die. Um, it's. It. it oh. I mean, it, it was originally one of my favorites. Talking um, too much. Be, it was originally one of my favorites because I did kind of like the again we talked about it with Monsters University. This is going to be a lot of, you know, we'll just recap a bit. You know, it the dynamic between Mike and Sully is so genuine so yeah. real that they're they they're, are they're the best, best friends. friends yeah and they both have different opinions of things that are going on they even finish each other's sandwiches they do that's what i was gonna say <laughs> oh frozen different list yeah different list stay on topic here um <coughs> but the, the the boo character and the you know sort of sully coming to to grips with the fact that children aren't toxic and right. really and then know, forming the, that bond the, yeah. with boo which then, is only her name and then having Sully find out that the scream, that the laugh power is actually more powerful than the, than the scream power, that wasn't that wasn't Mike, that was Sully who realized that because right. when they would laugh, all the lights would go out in the, right. in the apartment and 
I think it's just a very, you know, it's just a very interesting story. They had a very good subplot with the romance between, uh, with with Mike and whatever her name was. Um, what was her name? I don't remember now. Schmoopsy Bear. <laughs> Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember her name either. God, it's gonna bother me. Um, That's but. Good. I, I think that I mean this was a really again uh, we seem to go every other here with that the tech of the movie but you know the the, the well, this was another big one that came out yeah the fur of of and the, and the colors that's the thing with Pixar movies there's just so much color mm-hmm. and I love that it's a color gasm mm-hmm. somebody somebody looked at a at a paint scheme and said I just want all the colors yeah and, and, and they do such a, a great job very, of working vibrant. it in yes, yeah yes. there's not color for and the it's sake not of color. Ob- and it's not obnoxious either yeah. it just it, it blends very well yeah. together it's it's not color for the sake of color I mean, you could use an example like with Finding Nemo I mean the the coral and and the the the, the, the ocean they were, all the, they were the true colors yeah but then but then they have the fish which just stood out you know with the pink and the blue yeah and but the those orange. were all but they're all real colors i mean they right. didn't fake colors for the sake of faking colors no i see what you're saying and then you've got movie and then the 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 other side would be like shark tale where yeah. that dreamworks movie where everything was a different shade the, of the blue sh- the, yeah everything was a different shade of blue it was kind of like an underwater city like it wasn't real it didn't feel real the colors right. were very fake uh, there was lights or something that weren't like natural organic light, but Pixar is always so good at making the realistic look so inviting and so so even more realistic. And and Monsters Inc is no 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 different. They've always had an issue with humans, uh, and they they just kind of solved that after like Toy Story two or after Incredibles they kind of fixed the because even the incredible the humans in Incredibles that was obviously the style. For the movie, they were supposed to look like comic book characters, right? But like, they were really bad at making like like the first Toy Story. Andy looked yeah, Andy like, looked awful. Andy and uh, Sid looked terrible, and Toy Story two didn't fix that at all. And it really wasn't until I mean, Finding Nemo even had kind of the issue with the little girl. Uh, I, what they were trying to do, I think, too much was make the larger eyed kids like Disney had always been known to do is have bigger eyed yeah, animations and. You try to follow that too much until they figured yeah. it out with Incredibles, where they can you just kind of do whatever they that. want. Yeah, and they they fixed it a little bit. Toy Story three, they still had the bigger eyes, but they were Ratatouille. Ratatouille worked really well with with the yes. with the humans. Yep, and again because they for the world eyes, that they created, yeah. they fit very well. Yeah, and again we'll get to, we'll get to Ratatouille, um, but kind of getting back on track with just the use of colors. I mean, they're, they're very they don't use a color just to use a color. There's always a reason behind it, and it mm-hmm. always fits the tone of the movie. What are we talking about now? Monsters, Monsters Inc. Inc. Okay, let's get back to that. So that's what we're talking about. It's yeah, the colors in Monster okay. Inc. with with uh, Sully's hair being the multicolored, the green and the or not the green, the purple and the, right, the, right. the the teal, and there's different shades of that within his hair. And, they, mm-hmm. and the technology at the time showed that with the way that they made it move with with wind and and, and move. It just it, it looked really good, and they continued using it for Brave <laughs> and Monsters University. So, so Monsters Inc. makes it in at number seven. So number six, Toy Story three. Yes, which. I thought it was going to be my favorite of the Toy Stories until I really started thinking about this list and I realized that it wasn't and that's not its fault. You can't have Toy Story 3 without You can't have Toy Story without You can't have Toy Story 3 without Toy Story. Right. But Toy Story 3 tells a fantastic story of growing up and I think that's why it hits home to us better because it, we we uh, grew up with the Toy Story movies. Yes. And we can relate to Andy's character in Toy Story 3 where we Growing up going to college, getting rid of his toys where we've already done that. Mm-hmm. You know, we grew up. We went to college. We remember having to get we, rid of our toys. Exactly, put, exactly. Packing them away, or, 
and, and, and this and this tells again the story of well what happens to the toys when you're done playing with them mm-hmm. and it was so interesting to to find a third installment of a movie that did so well mm-hmm. with with its story and and at the end and I'm and at the end when they're in that giant infernus compactor whatever thing mm-hmm. and I'm thinking and they're all holding together for dear life and I'm thinking oh my god they're going to die you know mm-hmm. not not having yeah. seen the movie like they're going to die and I stop real quick and I'm like you know what I'm actually okay with that you know they kind of served their purpose with their yeah. kid and they had a great adventure great adventures yes. three of them and they were all there together. Yeah, there was not and, a toy And I out. sat there and I'm like, you know what? As as angry as I was immediately when I thought that, I actually talked myself out of it. And I said, you know what? That would be okay. You know, I would, I, I, I could make peace with that with mm-hmm. if if that was the ending. It, it wasn't, and it's even better that they're not because yeah. it would be sad. But to have those again, I think the, I think know, the issue have to repeat throwing our toys away, yeah. so to speak. I think I think ending the movie though yeah. with the toys being gone. One that's not a Disney ending. No, I mean that's no. that would be a very kind of like with Finding Nemo and all the babies dying at the beginning of the movie. This would be kind of a morbid ending. All these toys that you've grown to love over right. over nine, ten, fifteen years. You know, fifteen years of movies. They they're just gone. They just get incinerated. Um, I think it. I think the ending is served better now, where he gives them to the little girl of his of his mom's friend and mm-hmm. she can play with them right um it serves dual purpose in the disney universe one you can continue to sell toys that aren't burned and two they're making toy story four exactly. so so you can continue on the, the adventures of woody and and buzz and and your and, favorite jesse yeah oh god yeah jesse <laughs> woo and bullseye Red like the wind, bullseye. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what toys they leave out from three to four. I don't think they'll leave any out because she has all the toys. But Bo Peep, Bo Peep wasn't in three, was she? No, Bo Peep. Bo Peep was given to somebody already, so she was already not in three. So she's not going to be back in four. Got it. But they're so. I guess I was incorrect in what I was saying. But they don't. They didn't lose any toys other than. The, I mean, Ernest, of course, had died between Toy Story 2 and 3. But they so found a suitable replacement. They did. He probably doesn't get as many lines. He doesn't, because it is noticeable. And that's, uh, yeah, but it's okay. It's yeah. okay. It's fine. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's sad because Slink and Woody were best friends mm-hmm. until Buzz came along. And it's not that Slink was replaced. It's just that, you know, it's just a different kind of friendship. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, yeah. It, but yeah, Toy Story 3 tells a really good story, and it's something we all relate to with having to grow up. Right. And not wanting to grow up because, you know, Andy does want to keep... I don't want responsibilities. Woody. I know. Andy does want to keep Woody with him in college, and he ends right. up, you know... Getting rid of him entirely, yeah, and but, handing him off to the mom's friend. Yeah, because she'll play with them, whereas he was just probably going to put it on his shelf. Right. Right. Um, so in that universe, it, does, it it is better that he gives up the toys instead of keeping them. Right. So... We're going to go from toys to food. So Yum. I, this movie always makes me so hungry. It does. And I, for the longest time, had no idea... How a kitchen worked? No. I, <laughs> for the longest time, I still didn't know what Ratatouille actually was. Ah, okay. Even yeah, after yeah. watching the movie, still didn't know because it just it didn't look... Well, it's, a, it's a stew. No, it's not a stew in the movie. It's literally sliced well, it's like a little vegetables. dish. Yeah. I thought it was like sliced pasta with vegetables. I was like, that looks really cool. But no, it's just vegetable. No, it's a, it's a, no, it's a it's, stew. No, it's vegetable. Well, the way that he makes it well, in the movie. It's a vegetable stewy kind of thing. But in the way that he makes it in the movie, it's just like a layered, like a, like a, it looks like a cheese plate. Yes. Of, of, of vegetables. Sure. Cut up vegetables. Sure. Um, but I, I always really like this movie because it's a very 
a very unique movie for for Disney after they had done all these other movies and had these successful franchises they they kind of veer off and they do a movie about a mouse who wants to be a cook and and cook food and not you know not just eat mouse See, this things. is what it looks like in the movie it's, yeah. a, it's a little stew Okay, that it doesn't look like a stew in the movie though. See, look, stew, stew, big ball, big ball, big, big, yeah, lots of vegetables. See, see, but on, in the movie though, it right. looks more like this, but just right. a tray with a little drizzle right. on top. Right, right, and that's and that's okay. There's different ways, different ways to make it. Even even so, right something here. like this. This one looks more like the movie. Yes, yes, that looks delicious, and I want it. It looks like po- like it looks like delicious if I if there was pasta in there. I don't right. want to just eat tomatoes and cucumbers right. and zucchini or whatever is in it. But yeah. but no, for the just. Getting back on track, Pixar kind of veered off and said, hey, let's make a movie about a mouse who doesn't want to eat trash, who wants to eat finer foods, who kind of grows up watching the Julia Child of this universe. Right. And Which is, was Garçon Garçon or whatever I forget the big, the big chef guy who had the, the best restaurant in, in, in France. It was right. the five-star restaurant, and apparently this was the days when the stars were promoted right on your, on your, uh, on your sign. So when the health inspector or when the guy came in and gave you three stars, you had lost a star on the top sure, of your... Sure, sure. Back in those days. Back in the days of nothing, mm-hmm. but it, it's really not just the tale of of uh, the mouse. It's not really just a tale of of him wanting to to cook. It's also got the got got a really good subplot of the the current kind of chef and owner of of whatever the guy's restaurant is. I gotta look it up now. Um, yeah, and I was doing the same thing, and then I got distracted because Brad Bird wrote this one. He did. And Brad Bird is amazing. Remy's the, the mouse's name. I just thought of that one. Ah, um, uh, Gast- Gasto. Gasto. Gusto. Gusto. Gusto, yeah. Gusto. There you go. Oh, Janine Garofalo. Yeah, she played the, the lead uh, female in the movie. But yeah, so he wants to, Remy wants to be a cook at, at Gusto, and it was Gusto's grandson, wasn't it? The Linguini? Yes. Yes, Linguini. Linguini, uh, who apparently, you know, it, I don't really want to go into the story because he, you know, apparently he, in the will of, of Gusto, he can have the the restaurant. the restaurant and the guy wants to sell it off and turn Gusto into a, like a marketable thing because they had like signs for fish sticks and tacos and whatnot. Um. Uh, I, I liked uh, I liked overall the movie. Um, I, I thought I think it's funny. The I thought it was thing with the, he, he grabs the yes hair the hair and he can the... control him like a, yeah like a, like a, like a puppet. I, I think again it is a, a refreshing story, which which is what Pixar does best, mm-hmm. which is creating a brand new world from you know a seemingly you know yeah. a short story, mm-hmm. you know. And so this one was very uh, uh, interesting to to witness where you have again this mouse who just throws you know all all of his instinct aside and like nope we're gonna eat good food now we're not gonna eat garbage food yeah and it was great to to, to kind of have that struggle with his dad how his dad wants him to be in charge of you know the, he wants to take over the rat colony right take over the colony we, we must protect the colony we don't go around you know looking for food this is what we this is not what we do yeah. but then at the end his dad's the one that actually ends up helping him to help save the restaurant because that's what the colony does they stick together yeah so it, it's it's you know there's fun little messages uh, within within this movie and 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 I just need to point out one scene is when there uh, is when Janine Gra- Coilette and Linguini are out looking for bread and she like twists the bread and it's like crackles and you see like flecks of it like come mm-hmm. out of the bread I want to eat that bread so I bad know, it's, it it's looks it looks and sounds so yeah. good and now I know how to pick out good bread because of ratatouille because now I'm just gonna twist every bread I get yes and just and have this crackle and that's how you yeah. know it's good bread mm-hmm. oh I'm hungry now. 
Yeah, it was. This was, I think, one of my first introductions to to Patton Oswalt too. Oh, okay. Um, I know I knew he was a comedianish before, mm-hmm. but this he's was very funny. Yes, he's very funny, and I think this was my first. And he's one of us. He's he's a nerd comedian. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. So I, I kind of watched this, and then then I went back and I was like, oh yeah, he's on King of Queens mm-hmm. too. And so I started watching King of Queens, and mm-hmm. I think I, I just overall the the story is it's it's a good story about just again following your dreams, mm-hmm. and and they will become successful. And the fact that they shut down the restaurant just because of the rats doesn't mean anything because they opened up another and side I, restaurant. And I loved and, I loved at the end that the critic. Anton Ego, or yes, whatever his name is. Yes, Ego. Uh, it becomes then one of the owners, you know, silent yeah. owners of that restaurant, and he mm-hmm. eats there every night. Yep. And and, and I, I want to point out another scene now of, of the Ego, of, of the uh, mm-hmm. the critic, when he goes to eat at the restaurant for the final review and eats the ratatouille. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the, the scene was so great because they showed his eyes and they just dilated, and all of a sudden, he, you know, after he remembers being a kid, yep. it just takes him back, you mm-hmm. know. However many years, forty years when he yeah, when, forty when he, fifty years when he yeah, was a kid, when he was a kid his mom would feed him ratatouille. and his mom would feed him ratatouille and he just and it just and you and you saw this little ego this little critic mm-hmm. you know coming home having a bad day you know it's rainy outside he wasn't you know and, and he's just real gloomy and he just has this ratatouille and it just makes him feel better mm-hmm. and I loved that scene because that's when he just became like the nicest person like he was yeah. he was the you know one of the quote villains of the movie mm-hmm. so to speak. And after that, he's, it just doesn't matter to him. Now he's just all about, you know, enjoying life now. Mm-hmm. And that anyone can cook. And he no longer has to be a critic. Yeah. Which which I loved. It was Peter O'Toole who did that voice. Oh, no kidding. Ago. Yeah. Now, right. that I, now that I can think back, I can hear it. Sure. Sure. It's a good movie. So, uh, number four? Number four. Number four. This one's my favorite. And due to the numbers, it didn't make the top list. But it did crack the top five. Which I guess is good enough. I don't know. I think it should be higher, but uh, how can it beat the other three? I don't know. You know, that's yeah. why that's why we're all here. So number four is The Incredibles, which is my <laughs> all-time favorite Pixar movie. I think, and it's tough. It's it's so tough with the other three that it's are your all-time favorite movie it. of all time of Pixar yeah. movies. And I love it because I love my superheroes. I love it because the story again. This is another refreshing story. Yeah, it takes something from comic books and superheroes, but it puts superheroes in a world. Where superheroes are no longer allowed to exist. They exist. They're just not allowed to be out and open as superheroes. Yeah. So you wonder, okay, well, what does that world well, like look the like? Superhero, well, like the superhero phase kind of died out. So what, what happened was, you know, superheroes were big in like the whatever era that it was. Yeah, the old timey era. They, they never had, really established it. And then they had to all kind of go into retirement. Is right, what ended up what happened. Secret retirement. You yeah. know, they were all given um, civilian names, and they were all given civilian jobs. They're no longer allowed to, to be superheroes. To be superheroes, mm-hmm. exactly. And so there's this uh, villain going around eliminating all of the other superheroes mm-hmm. because he wants to be the only one left. Yes, he's you know he wasn't allowed to be one when he was younger, and now he wants to be that one. So if he eliminates all the superheroes, then he he builds this robot that only he knows how to destroy. But the problem is that the robot, you know, it backfires, and then these other superheroes have to come out of retirement, so to speak, and and yeah, really take it's, take over. Really, it's not yeah. even. It's basically three superheroes coming out of retirement, and then two, yeah, two are kids to yeah. become superheroes. Yes, yeah. But so it's an, it's an origin story, and it's a it's a you know but, but re-retirement each, story. And each hero actually had, they didn't have an overabundance of powers. No, they had their one. Yeah, they each had one good power. Right. That that was helpful. So you had Dash, who. Violet had two. Uh, she had the invisibility and she had the force oh, field. Yeah. And then Jack Jack had all of them. Yeah. 
Well, Jack Jack was also he could just shapeshift into a monster. Yeah, that was awesome. But yeah, I, I guess I guess Violet didn't have well. Yeah, Violet had two, uh, but. You know, Mr. Incredible was like the the Superman mm-hmm. type. He was just strong. He, just, he couldn't and... fly, but he was just about indestructible. Mm-hmm. And then you have Elastigirl, who was basically, you know, Mr. Fantastic in female yep. version. Mm-hmm. You have the Dash, who was the Flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Violet. I don't, gave, I don't think they gave Violet a nickname, did they? Well, Dash was his real name. Well, his name is Dash Old, but they just called yeah. him the... He called himself the Dash. Yeah. And uh, no, Violet yeah. didn't, have a, didn't have a name. Like a, a superhero, superhero name. name. Yeah, not yet. But she was, you know, she well, she wouldn't have wanted, but anyway, she was the brooding teenager. Like, you know, yeah, that's right. mom, don't yeah. call me that if she would have had one. But she was kind of the... She uh, was invisible. So she would have been like Sue Storm. Yeah, invisible Storm, woman. Right. And Sue Storm also had the, the, the force field too, didn't she? Yeah, she did. So they're kind of like the Fantastic Four. Kind of. <clears throat> Given different... Yeah, where... They kind of are the Fantastic Four. Yeah, they kind of are. Where the Flash, or excuse me, the Dash is the uh, Human Torch. Mm -hmm. Where uh, Mr. Mr. Incredible is like the thing. Is the thing. And then Elastigirl is Mr. Fantastic and Violet is is the Invisible Woman. And then that makes makes Samuel Jackson's Frozone the Silver Surfer. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Well done. Golf clap. Good good analogy for that. So yeah, Yeah, apparently, uh, apparently they are working on Incredibles 2. Slowly, but they've been working. working on it. it's, Brad Bird refuses to make a sequel until the script is good enough. Well, he's making the script, or as good. Yeah, exactly. And until he comes up with an okay. idea that's as good, if not better, than the first. And they left off the first one with such a good. Oh, you could totally. You this could be their best franchise. It wasn't a bad, and it wasn't a bad cliffhanger. Like, oh man, that was that, that was the worst cliffhanger ever. Mm-hmm. I want to see another one. They ended it, it so there could be a um, extra movie, or it didn't have to. Or it didn't have to because it didn't have to. The superheroes are finally able to come out of retirement again yes, and and be superheroes. And, and mm-hmm. it was great is that when you learned that when they came out at the end of the movie, you learned that uh, the. Uh, the, the the crowd the people were were happy that they were back mm-hmm. they started naming no it's that guy no no that guy had a different costume I remember this guy oh I remember him yeah that mm-hmm. guy so it was really cool to see and then Edna Mode we have to talk about a little bit because she stole every scene that mm-hmm. she was in that little yeah. um, uh, a costume designer yeah just oh just wonderful what a what a fun little character yeah who voiced her I wonder oh, yeah I don't know Elizabeth Pena I don't know who that is let me see I don't I don't have a picture but that's what it says oh okay um. But yeah, she was yeah she was definitely a scene stealer. Uh, and Craig T. Nelson, Craig T. Nelson played Mr. Incredible. Jason Lee played the bad guy. Yeah, uh, he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Like that 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 made me kind of. I mean, it, it was it made you hate the villain. Yeah, yeah, you really didn't like. You did him. not like Syndrome at all. No, like he he was he was a jerk, but he had he was kind of a jerk for good reason because Mr. Incredible told him to go home. Mm-hmm. He was Mr. Incredible's biggest fan, so he his life goal was to basically take out Mr. Incredible. So he 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 tested his robot on other superheroes who died. No, Elizabeth Pena was Mirage. Oh, then who? Not Edmond. I'm looking it up. Okay, but anyway, so you know, Buddy or Syndrome mm-hmm. spends his whole life getting revenge on Mr. Incredible and does it in the best way ever by building a robot to take out Mr. Incredible so he's the only superhero who can be around like Brian had mentioned. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a deliciously evil plot. Look who did Edna Mode. Not Brad Bird. Brad Bird did Edna Mode. I had no idea. He does a role in almost all of his movies. That is so funny. I had no idea that he did that. That's funny. I do like that. Kudos to you, Brad. That, That makes me so happy. That, that he did her voice. That's so funny. Yeah, that, that's just, it's a feel-good movie. It's, it really it's, is. It, it was the good comic book superhero movie at a time where there were very few. 
there were good comic book superhero yeah. movies and it's one that does stand the test of time because it isn't based on a series that had been established it wasn't based on like the batman or the dc marvel universes it was a pixar universe so they were free to make it as they saw fit right and it fit very well yes it did so so and all the video games were great they did so, so number three and two had the same score do you like the way that it is or do you want to switch it up <sighs> i think just because of what it is it has to go higher okay so we'll do number three next then would be up Yes. Oop. UP. Which is tough. It, it, it gets so hard when we get to the top four. Mm-hmm. Um, up up yeah. to me was number two on my list. Um, I, I, had think it, you, I think I had it one lower. I think you had it three or four. Yeah. Uh, we had it switched around. I had, I had it two, three like that is, and you, I think you had it three, two. Sure. Okay. So okay. I just put it in. I, I, that's why I wanted to talk about when we yeah. got here. I just, so, yeah. And we'll talk about number two later. So, so number three is up, which is, to me another for me all the movies that are up on the higher on my list were all like the really refreshing unique you would never think that that would make a good children's movie yet it made it a fantastic oh, but children's it does movie. oh and this is another one where we have to go back and talk about the color because when you think of up you think of those balloons mm-hmm. and how vibrant and beautiful that scene is mm-hmm. where it's just this drab construction the house isn't freshly painted anymore Mm-mm. it's kind of worn down he never painted it since his wife died he kind of stays inside and then there's all these like silver shiny um um construction uh, construction well the sites but then the the, the skyscrapers yeah. that are being built and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden all these you know tens of thousands or however many balloons you know, fly that, out of the, the ceiling. fly out of the ceiling and the windows and the and the chimney and it's just and it's gorgeous and how they reflect mm-hmm. off of the skyscrapers and the windows. Oh, it's just a beautiful scene of that taking up out of the city and and flying. And it was so cool to watch. And everybody who saw that just you just sat there and you just had the best time yeah. watching mm-hmm. that happen. But you know, it, it's all about it's all about the the kid. Uh, the, I guess he's an old man for most of the movie. Carl yes uh grows up wanting to be an explorer yes and he wants to travel the world go to this go to this one area and he meets a a girl who kind of shares similar interests interests wants to explore the world also she is the adventurer and he he wants to be one but she she's the one that pushes him to do these things Mm -hmm. you know which is which is great because sometimes you need that it basically, I think it's he wants to. The his he idolizes a, an explorer who found a giant bird mm-hmm. at Paradise Falls, uh, and he wants to. Go, and he was accused of making it all up. So then he has to go and and find it for real. And then he was inspired by that story to to kind of be an adventurer. Yeah. And and you see these two the two kids. Uh, what is it, Ellie and it's Ellie and Carl and Carl. Thank you. And so she starts like her own clubhouse. Right, and they move in to this clubhouse together, I guess, because there's no parents in this movie. <laughs> if you think about it, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, and they end up getting married. They plan to. I mean, it's this is a very dark 15 minutes of a movie. Yes, it is. Well, they so, they plan to have their adventure. There's there's the adventure so, well, jar, well, so what, you know, for their vacations that they want to so, do. Yeah. So well, so I guess here here's what happens. So first, first he may you know first he gets kind of upset because the. You know, months Charles months fabricated the birds potentially. Right. So he gets a little bit upset and sad there, but Ellie saves that. They get married. They want to have children, but she be, she gets diagnosed as infer as in, with, in, with with being infertile. Sure. So they can't have kids. 
So let's there instead go to South America, go to Paradise Falls. Sure. So then they start having a, a savings jar for that. But then, as we all know, being adults, shit happens. Real life gets in the way. You know, yeah, that what is the, the tree fell on the house and they had to repair it, or the car broke down, or, you know, whatever it was that they just kept had to pull money from. And they were just never able to make that trip. Car repairs, house repairs, mm-hmm. uh, whatever thing you could you could possibly think of that would be a large expense right and finally they have enough money to go and let's be fair they don't have a lot of money because he's a balloon salesman and she works at the (laughs) zoo so they don't have a ton of money so so they they end up he finally ends up pooling enough money there's nothing wrong he goes to their favorite spot under the tree to show them that they have tickets right and she has a heart attack and dies. Oh my god it was so sad i i would implore you to find one person who did not cry or at least tear up at that part of the movie. I so sad. I was extremely sad. It you was said so there, depressing. Like, oh my god! Like well, this is supposed to be a Disney yeah. movie. This is awful. And and it was a long. It's a long. I guess quote, quote unquote cold open. You know, yeah. for, for the movie to really begin yeah. to kind of set this backstory. It, it takes but it it worked because you you were drawn in yeah. to this. You're like, oh wait, this isn't going to be the movie. It's not going to be about these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, these two these two uh, married about, couple. Yeah, it's not going to be about Carl and Ellie. Yeah. It's, it's really it's just about, about Carl, Carl and what, Evan or whatever uh, the kid's name is? <clears throat> I don't know. Russell. Kid. Russell, thank you. Evan. Close Russell. Enough. Yeah. And so, you know, you have this this wonderful uh, beginning of the movie, which all of a sudden isn't so wonderful. And then they and then they actually but it's, then they start the movie. Yeah, it's good character development to see why Carl's in the state that he's in. He doesn't right. want to leave the house because that's their house. That's Ellie's right. house and Carl's house. They're going right. to have it forever. Right. Um, and then Russell comes and he's trying to get rid of him because he doesn't. He's just he's a shut in. He's an old grump. Yeah. Uh, but Russell adds such a dynamic to Carl because now he's you know he's forced essentially he's forced along on the trip because he's stuck at the house when the balloons take off. Mm-hmm. So he ends up becoming a father figure to Russell. And he gets to kind of experience both of the things that he wanted to do in his life. He can be a father finally to a to a young boy, and he gets to go to Paradise Falls with Ellie, who essentially he pretend. You know, I guess he doesn't pretend. He just he talks to the picture of Ellie as this comfort. So it's a just a gorgeous movie. Again, the the, the yeah. Paradise Falls looks fantastic. The the colors and. The the dog the dog character yeah. Doug is the was comic, comic relief. relief. Yeah. I mean they had they had good comic relief with Russell, but the Doug adding the dynamic of a dog mm-hmm. was was really good. A dog that could speak, and those were that was a that was an invention by by Charles. He was able to to create that the collar to make the dog speak. Um, yes, yeah, it was a nice little um, kind of write in to to give more uh, characters you know to the movie. So it was a fun little, and I, I like the uh, the little trivia bit. Um, the the voice actor for Russell, Jordan Nagan or whatever. Yes, yes. Uh, he, you know, Brad Bird wasn't getting, you know, he wasn't getting what he. I think it was Brad Bird, right? Who did who did? Uh, Pete Doctor, I think. Oh no, never mind. I don't know. Was it wasn't Brad Bird? It was yeah, Pete Doctor. Okay, Pete Doctor. I don't know why. I don't know why I thought Brad Bird. Brad Bird. Anyway, so Pete Doctor. Excuse me. Pardon me, Pete. Didn't mean to take away from your credit for your movie. Um, wasn't getting uh, the performance he felt, you know, that Jordan could could do, you know, what what he wanted. So he, you know, they didn't record in a booth with his lines. That he just followed him around and just recorded, you know, what he wanted, mm-hmm. you know, what he felt he could do. So that way he wasn't like kind of trapped in the booth. He wasn't yeah. forced to do something. It's tough for kids it kind of came be, more organically yeah. to do that. So I like I like that little bit where he just you know you can walk around. You know we'll deliver lines later. You know we'll do it on your schedule. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you know, the, the kids have a hard time doing that nine to five thing. You're in the booth all day. You're recording. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. Kids so, definitely have an issue with that. Yeah, um, so I like I like that a lot. I mean, Ed Asner playing Carl is just fantastic. I love Ed Asner. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Ed, anything Ed Asner does vocally, and we'll, maybe we'll do his twelve best vocal roles because he's he is just a just a talent. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the Carl and character looks like you know like Martin Landau and right. other kind of older characters. They did a very mm-hmm. good again that. They're, they they got into this. Not every human has to look the same. They can have special unique features. So you know, Russell looks different than than Carl, who looks different than Charles, who looks different than Ellie, and, and they really were able to kind of just enjoy that. Huh. There's a little bit of trivia for you. Nurse AJ is the first ever Pixar character with a mullet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. A little bit of trivia. A little bit of trivia, trivia. there for you. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna go to number two then, which. It was tied with number three, but again, we switched it on the fly because that's what we do here. That's what we do here. Um, The reason it's number two is because really without it, none of these would be possible. Yes. And I think that's why I put it so high is because of of what it is. And if you haven't figured out, it's Toy Story. The very first Pixar full-length animated movie. The first full-length computer animated movie Mm -hmm. at that. It didn't, didn't win the Academy Award, but... They did win a Special Achievement Academy for being the first computer animated movie. Oh, Special Achievement Award winner. Look at that. So, but they didn't win the Academy Award for Best Animated Movie because I don't think they had the, I don't think they had the category at the time. Yeah, I don't think they did. Um, or maybe they did. I don't know. Well, they they didn't have it for a while uh, because Beauty and the Beast was not was nominated for the Best Overall Picture, but they didn't uh, have an animated picture. Okay. One. So Toy Story kind of just so, said, I don't "Hey know, guys, I we got Toy Story was. I think Toy we Story got to recognize. Before. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, but, well, because before it was it was all hand animation, and those take decades to to complete when you think about it. So there weren't a lot of companies just cranking out movie after movie after movie. Disney was. Oh my god, Disney's Renaissance period. They had a new movie every year, every two years. That's tr- okay. They, That's they had, true. Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, Mulan, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Little Mermaid, Tarzan. I said Little Mermaid. No, I, I I, that was before Beauty and the Beast. I started with okay. Beauty and the Beast. But yeah, it's yeah. still it was still the Renaissance. Yeah. But period, it was it was but... just it was really just them kind of cleaning things up. And now computer animation's out, and I don't want to say everybody's doing it, but it's 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 more of an even playing field. You know, uh, when you have DreamWorks, you know, finally catch, catching up, and Pixar, still, Pix, still and art, Pixar though. is its own company. Granted, yes, it has help from Disney, but Pixar is its own company. They're all under the Disney hood. I mean, they, Disney. I mean, Pixar was always under Disney's hood, at least as far as for like extra funding. Well, not not always. Well, they, I mean, they it, always it was, it, was an, it was an offshoot of LucasArts. Yeah, but they had Disney's money was flowing through Pixar. Sure. To pay for these things, to pay for these advancements, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Steve Jobs right. was the, on the board of Pixar, right? If but you know, Pixar kind of started. They did. They started the computer-generated graphic revolution. And we haven't looked back. There are very few movies nowadays, very few movies, that are hand-drawn. Yeah. And, I mean, it's still art. I mean, I'm not trying to take away anything from 3D computer graphic designers and artists. That's that's an art completely to its own that I can't do. And you can draw 2D art on computers, which is still much faster than doing it on paper. You know, think, think about when we were at comic-con and we listen to tom cook talk about people doing the in-betweens right you don't have to do that anymore on a computer you right. can draw them and it'll automatically do the in-between for you right but you know toy story was just such a leap forward we had not seen a full-length computer animated movie and no. at the time if you were to use computer animation it was very little and it took you out of the movie because you went from 2d to 3d and yeah. it looks so like terrible. i remember aladdin doing a little bit lion king had some as yeah, well aladdin had some 2d with uh or 3d with uh like the the 
the cave of wonders. Yes. And he just the, the lion head just looked so it looked, it looked so odd. out of place. Yep. Uh, instead of being and with fully... the with the lava, the lava was a computer animated as well when he was escaping on mm-hmm. the carpet yep. to, to get out. And I know that it saves time and it looks good, but it's it is very jarring up against hand drawn hand drawn animation. Yes. So Toy Story took that leap forward. It told a great story. Uh, that again, a story that we could all relate to as kids. And it's another and it's another original story. Like mm-hmm. this is it's Pete Lasseter. What John happens? Lasseter's what movie. happens when you put the toys away when mm-hmm. playtime's over? And I always thought for the longest time after this, I, I just visioned what would happen with my toys. And yeah. I, you know, I took a little bit better care of my toys after the movie just to, you know, so they had, so if, 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 you know, so one just wouldn't get more case. jealous yeah. than the other. And, you know, it was just fun. I was nine. So you know, I knew that it wasn't real, but I still thought that, that it would be neat if they could get up and, and be, be alive. But, you know, again, it's that, it's that, it's a good story that kids can all relate to, not not only is it what happens when you put the toys away, but what happens when you get a new toy? Right. What do the other toys feel like? Right. Because and I think it was interesting to see, you know, then all the toys that we grew up with. Now they were on the big screen, like Mr. Potato Head, mm-hmm. and the the little tykes, like little yeah people etch a sketch. Yeah, and then you know the bank and you know dinosaur toys, some army guys. You know, I love remote, remote control car. The, you know what's really funny is that after the Toy Story movie with the army men, the yeah. sales with the army men jumped up and you know jumped up a substantial percentage. And that's when the army men games for like PlayStation and computer oh, came out sure, too, sure. Okay. because people wanted to play with these you know plastic army men. Sure, sure. So uh, it, Toy Story gets a number two spot, and mostly because of what it is, but. It's not that it's a bad movie and it just gets thrown in the top no, no, spot. No, 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 no. Toy, toy Story. Because of, you know, the toys get lost. They have, to find, they have to find their new yeah. home. The, the, the owners move. Mm-hmm. Annie moves. And so Buzz and, and, and Woody get, you know, misplaced. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get lost. Well, yeah, Woody misplaces them. Because yes. they're fighting and yes. he's squabbling because he became replaced. He was the head toy and then Buzz Lightyear comes in and he feels threatened. Buzz hasn't quite assimilated yet to being a toy, so he's... Yeah, because he's crazy and he thinks he's an actual space ranger. You are a toy! Yeah, and like, You're not a space ranger! You're, you're, you're a an child, action you're figure. A, you are a child's plaything! Yeah. yeah. The, the, so the, the voice acting's fantastic. They had Tom Hanks. And, yeah, and Tim, Tim Allen, Allen. They had Don Rickles. They had George Wendt. They had, of course, Ratzenberger. And, mm-hmm. and who's the, the bald guy from uh, Princess Bride? Uh, Wallace, uh, Sean Wallace. Yes, Sean Wallace. Or Wallace Sean, well. yeah, he's in it. Yeah, well, Sean. And then uh, I do want to talk quick about the scene uh, when they try to sneak into Pizza Planet when one's in a uh, hamburger box and, and the, the other cup. one is in a cup. And, oh and it my talks God. when they, when they yes, do it. Yes, it's, I love it. so brilliant. And then they get into Pizza Planet and you're just kind of blown away. Did you want to go to Pizza Planet? I want to go eat a Pizza Planet. I wanted to do everything that they did yeah. in that movie. It was I, so I cool. I wish there was a Pizza Planet. There is one at Disney, but it's just not the same. No. You know, it's no. not. I mean, Pizza Planet is essentially Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese, but Chuck E. Cheese on steroids because they have giant vomiting soda monsters. And they didn't have, and there's no animatronics that are scaring the shit out of me. No, no. So that's that's uh, number number two was uh, Toy Story, and uh, I think we're ready to recap. Uh, let's do a quick recap here. Uh, number 12, Cars. 11, Monsters University. Number 10, The Bug's Life. Number 9, Brave. Number 8, Finding Nemo. Number 7, Monsters, Inc. Number 6, Toy Story 3. Number five, Ratatouille. Number four, The Incredibles. Number three, Up. Number two, Toy Story. And then our number one movie, which is actually number two on my top 12. Ooh. I think number three. Number three on my top 12, I think. I'd have to relook at the list, but it's this makes my top 12 movies of all time. And we're talking about the 2008 
Masterpiece. Silent movie, essentially. It really was, and I think Wally. that's maybe why a lot of people don't like a it. A lot of people don't like it because it is but silent. But that's why I liked it. It tells It's because you didn't need voice Mm-mm. or vocals to, to kind of carry the story. The the little robot just carries the whole movie on his back, He's which literally was what he was programmed to do, is just be a load-bearing, you know, make mm-hmm. garbage all day, make garbage all day. And he, that's what he did. He, he, he made this movie work or it's just that they made this yeah. movie work with with wally but wally so well wally has an ai that's also adapting i mean it's not he's not just True. a garbage thing. True. he's he finds beauty within yes. within this this hellhole of earth that that earth has become becoming overcapitalized and a lot of people hated the movie because fox news came out and said oh this is anti anti-conservative right and the conservatives it's a liberal agenda to not have walmarts and in and sam's clubs everywhere because the you know the big corporation takes over everything whatever the big corporation's name was yeah i forget um but it tells such a great story with using very little dialogue between its main characters yeah uh wally can say a few things he can say his name and he can say eve's name and then eve can say her thing and bnl i think was the name of the company bnl yeah big and large or something Mm -hmm. by and large or something uh but the the emotion the, the the music and the 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 beeps and, and the humming and just the things that that are they're very ambient but they just make it for such an amazing movie and the facial expressions that that they show and and the adventure that he goes on to try to save Eve and get Eve back because he fell he fell in love mm-hmm. I mean he 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 literally moved worlds to to be with this to be with with her uh it, fun fact ben burt who does the voice of wally also does the voice of r2d2 so yeah, r2d2 has a voice yeah somebody had has to make that it's a voice it's it's a voice oh shit yeah huh. it's modulated but they have a voice yeah okay so. i didn't know that i thought they just put bleeps and bloops together and made a fun little series <laughs> of, yeah I, I don't know i yeah. just know that they, <laughs> that's I, perfect it's spot on I, I know they share a voice but <clears throat> yeah but you know you're they're, they're using they're just they're using like i said facial expressions body language Little beeps and, and twirl, you know, twerks and twerks and twirls and 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 he, it's just such it tells such a such a deep tale of of love. And you could even just ignore the side plot of of the robots taking over the ship, the buy, you know, the the BNL ships to go back to Earth because it, it's uninhibitable. So you can kind of see this this the plight of of, of human. From from when they were nice and thin on these ships to just becoming very sedentary and, and overweight and pudgy. Yes, because there's nothing else to do on the ship. I mean, exactly. there's, there's things to do, but the robots were serving them hand and you know hand and hand and foot, so yeah. they didn't have to do. So anything. they lose all their bone density yeah. and they just kind of become these huge slobs. But but ignoring all that, not not having that human element in the movie, it's still a fantastic movie. It still tells a great love story without using the words "I love you." It. It, it it really kind of transcends generations in that matter, mm-hmm. and and like I said, you can ignore the buy and low, the the, the anti-conservative propaganda, the liberal agenda. Ignore ignore all those other tones of the movie, and the 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 root of it is Wally is trying to save somebody, and he's the hero that you want to root for. You know, go Wally, go. They they they, they he saves the ship, he saves the people, he saves Eve. They can go back to Earth, and it's inhibitable. I mean, it, it's something that you can you can actually inhibit Earth. 
and they they go back to Earth, and that leaves off for Wally too, which they'll never do, which they should never do, no, because no. it's it's a perfect a perfect uh, ending to the movie, and and the the music is spectacular. The, yeah. the 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 use of like Hello Dolly to kind of set up this love story, because that's what he knows for whatever reason. Hello Dolly is the only movie that's around that he has a tape for, so that's how he learns about kind of dancing and. And, and being in love, love and, yeah, yeah, and 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 the music in in space, the 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 very like when when he's out in space, kind of dancing with with Eve a little bit with the fire extinguisher, uh, the music is very very crisp and, and airy, and it just it sounds like a very romantic kind of space, uh, space pops, not pop song, but like space space melody, a space mm. orchestra, and it it's just very well written and. And again, a movie with very little dialogue it tells such tells such a better story, love story than than any movie with with dialogue. It does. Uh, it took, and I read this. It took thirty nine minutes before the first human monologue mm-hmm. in the movie, which just goes back to your point where the the the, the people, the voices there, there's there's a big enough voice cast for you know the the amount of talking that happened, but. There really wasn't a lot, and you didn't need it. I Mm-mm. think that and it was so, I guess, kind of back to the basics of just real slapsticky kind of comedy, and that is what worked, and that's what carried the movie. Mm-hmm. And you're just so drawn into what Wally's doing, you know, about not squishing the cockroach, and about you know saving his and friend, preserving. Yeah. You know, what, what did he collect on the ship? Trinkets, his, everything. Yeah, just wh- whatever he found and just liked. That's what he kept. Yep, and he had so he has own little organized, coll- yes, exact he... collections and organized, and and so. You know, he'd make these little squares, he'd kind of rummage around for some stuff, and he'd call it a day, and he'd do it all over again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. And he was the last little working thing of his kind. The last Wally. The last Wally, and, and it was so, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this word to death for this podcast, it was so refreshing, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of see something that this, you know, that, was, I bet they're just like, okay, what if we make a movie that nobody talks? Okay, done. What are we going to call it? It's going to be about robots. Robots can't talk. Perfect. And it worked, and it's so brilliant. It's a movie that uh, I remember reading about it when it was first coming out. That they had, in, they had the concept for it around the time that they made Toy Story. Oh, okay. They wanted to do this movie, but they weren't sure how to do it, and so they kept sat, sitting on it and coming back and looking at it. And finally, they got to the point where I think that they felt comfortable with the technology, with sure. the, where the story was at. And that's the big thing. It's maybe not it. necessarily technology, and I could be wrong because I'm not a filmmaker, but I think it's the story. Well, the story if for you, sure. If you have a good story. You know, you can go ahead and you can but do whatever you artists want. Artists are jaded. I mean, Maybe, yeah, nothing is ever good enough. So, they, you know, you have to kind of jump on it. That's, I mean, Trey and Matt, when they did the South Park game, the Stick of Truth, that's what right. they said. They said that they they didn't want to do another game until the technology on the consoles caught up to their animation. Sure. Which is funny because their animation is not very good. But they wanted it to be able to feel and just look like a show. and run just like the show. Right. And so the, the current... The, the last generation of consoles could do that, and that's sure. why they did it. So, yeah, so but that's perfect. sort of with Wally is, you know, they just they wanted it to catch up where space could be vibrant and could be what people envision space being, not just kind of like black, a black sea of, of right. white of white dots. Right. So, so that's that's, that's our list. Pixar list. Yeah. And now, which one are you going to go watch when you get home? All of them. <laughs> uh, probably Wally, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, that'd be a good one. I, I have that one on Blu-ray somewhere. I'll yeah. have to watch it. Yeah, it's, they're all fantastic. I love them all. Um, so, um, we can do a vault. Yeah, we can do a vault. We'll stick on the theme of Pixar, though. Yeah. Um, really, we could just this, this one was tough to do for the vault, but we, what we wanted to do is is pick a short that Pixar is so 
uh, you know, well known for is they always have a little short mm-hmm. before each one of their feature films when you go see it in the theater, and it's also on the special editions and all of their DVDs and Blu-rays. Yeah. But for this, I really couldn't pick one. No, there's there's two volumes out of shorts like on DVD and Blu-ray, uh, and it's the first twelve. It's the first six on one, and like the second six on the other, and it's missing the last two. Yeah, uh, or last one maybe. Um, but go, go check them out. But go check the, them all the, out. I'm sure there most of them, you know, probably find them on YouTube. Even. Oh yeah, I think most of them are on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, there's like Jerry's Game, which is the chess one. If there's you the what was the Red so Umbrella or Blue Blue Umbrella, umbrella which yeah. was after before Brave or Monsters University, which is one of my favorites. Uh, there's the birds one for the birds. Where it's yes, I bird. love the birds. That was a fun one for the birds. So yeah. just go on YouTube. Excuse me, go on YouTube, look up a Pixar short, and look at it and enjoy it. Because that's kind of where they show off tech for the future. Yeah, it really it's a big it's a big leap forward for them. They can use three minutes, four minutes to just kind of show off. Hey, this is what we're going to do in our next movie, right. or maybe this is what we did for this movie. So, right. so go ahead and enjoy that. Um, so, uh, thanks again for joining us, Brian, uh, For go those ahead of you that have, go feel better. I will. I'm going to try to feel better. Cool. Hopefully, next week we can be better, and I won't cough and sneeze and blow my nose every five that's fucking minutes. Okay. I've coughed in the last bunch of episodes and did the same thing. So, yeah. it's, take our turns. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't have to for a while. So next week we'll come back with the definitive list of Disney movies. That's yes. going to be a tough one because there's, there's so more. many. But we're going to go all the way back from uh, Snow White. Snow White. Yep. Go all the way to forward the to Big Hero Six. Yeah. Yeah. So right. we'll see what we can find. I'm hoping it's not top loaded, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. So I'm Ryan. I'm Brian. Take it easy. This has been another episode of Sweet Twelve from Brian Bourne and Ryan Goble. The preceding podcast was written and produced by Brian Bourne and Ryan Goble. Intro and outro music provided by Lost in a Name. All of the copyrights to the respective authors. You can find us on Twitter at Sweet12 and on Facebook at Sweet12 Podcast. Download this and previous episodes on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening.